angels. We're fascinated by them, aren't we? So much so that many in today's modern society, which might often be skeptical about the biblical Christian story, tend to not be so skeptical when it comes to the topic of angels. The study of angels and the fascination of them is so big that there's a term for it. It's called angelology. Ask a friend who claims to be an atheist, for instance, if they believe in angels, and many times they'll say, oh, yes. Think of how many Hollywood movies have focused on angels. The oldest movie that I can think of which featured an angel prominently was The Preacher's Wife. Cary Grant plays the role of an angel who comes to earth to help a minister who seems to have lost the joy of the Lord. In that movie, Cary Grant portrays the angel who is wise and yet very charming and somewhat mischievous, especially when he befriends the preacher's wife. She's played by the talented and lovely Loretta Young. Now, I have to admit that I saw that movie long time ago, but I really wasn't so familiar with that version of the movie. I was more familiar with the 1996 version, which featured Denzel Washington and Whitney Houston. Well, whichever version you're most familiar with or prefer, we are presented with a very human-like angel in most movies, albeit they're usually very attractive at that. Of course, in Luke's version of the birth narrative, we have no idea if this angel was a woman or a man, much less do we know if the angel was attractive or not. Well, like Cary Grant or Denzel Washington were, Luke doesn't focus on those outward qualities of the angel at all. Instead, Luke focuses on the words of the angel and the effect that those words had on a group of very unlikely humble shepherds. This morning, I want us to look more closely at what the angel announced to the shepherds, who these shepherds were, and what effect the words had on the shepherds and on us today. Before we get into all of that, I want us to notice that in Luke's gospel, we have already seen other instances when an angel has given a message to other people. So at this point in the Gospel of Luke, which um, Jen read for us, when the angel appears to the shepherds, we already understand that this angel probably has something important to say and that the angel's words are reliable and true. Firstly, I want us to notice that there's only one angel that first appeared to the, that night to the shepherds. It was a multitude of them that came about later. Nevertheless, although it is only one angel that appears before them, verse 9 says that the shepherds were, quote, terrified. Could this be not only because there was an angel in front of them, but also because scripture says that the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now the glory of the Lord has already been mentioned through the writings of the prophets. Therefore, in Luke's original audience who would have first heard this story, probably understood what those words meant. 
It meant that they would have remembered that the Israelites would have been the first to experience the glory of the Lord as they were delivered from Egypt. They would recall that God's glory was also revealed in the pillar of fire and the cloud as the presence of God accompanying them through the desert. In fact, biblical scholar Ruth Ann Reese states, although God's glory became the manifestation of God's presence throughout the Hebrew Bible, one should never take God's glory lightly. When the glory of the Lord shines around the shepherds, they find themselves surrounded by the power and presence of the God who delivers God's people from enemies and evil, who calls God's people to life, set apart as the people of God, and who promises to establish an eternal kingdom and throne. Indeed, we can easily deduce that the shepherds would have had good reason to feel terrified and for Luke's original audience of hearers to recognize what it meant to that the glory of the Lord shone around them. But what can you and I understand the glory of the Lord to mean for us today? Is it shown and felt during special worship services like the ones we've experienced throughout the Advent season? Is the glory of the Lord shown and felt during the birth of a baby or during the peaceful passing of a loved one? Is the glory of the Lord shown when we know instinctively that a special love is being shared among us whenever we pass the peace of Christ Sunday to one another during worship, or whenever we genuinely welcome the stranger amongst us on a Sunday morning or during the Freedom Warming Center nights or even during the week as we did this past week. Perhaps we feel the glory of the Lord when we see the expressions of joy and awe on the faces of both children and adults when they come close to the camel or look out to see the tableau of familiar characters by the manger under the redwood. Maybe you've experienced the glory of God among you when you have offered forgiveness to someone who hasn't even asked for it or when you have been the one to receive the forgiveness. Indeed, while we cannot say that we have experienced God's glory shown over us the same way that the shepherds did, we can say that God's love and glory have been made manifest through us during very special times in our lives. The key is to be open and ready to notice and receive it. I'm grateful that these shepherds believed in the good news that the angels had to share with them and were therefore obedient to these angels by going to see what was told that they would see in a manger. We're told that they do go see Mary and Joseph and Jesus, but then that they decide afterwards to share what they had seen. Let's think about it. Had it not been for these simple men who, despite their fear, did obey the angels and then shared their experiences with others, perhaps if it wasn't for them, we may not have had the story of Christ's birth. Now, these first century shepherds 
would not have been considered as desirable company, according to scholar Bruce Malena. He says they were poor, illiterate, and thought to be dishonest because they could not be home at night to protect their women. They were also considered to be thieves because they grazed their flocks on other people's property. In other words, they're outcasts of polite society, usually ranked together with sailors, butchers, camel drivers, and other quote-unquote despised occupations. Another biblical scholar, Wesley Allen, said this about shepherds. These shepherds are not necessarily the landowner who owns the flock and the fields. Those persons are asleep in the comfort of their homes. These shepherds in the text are more likely the night shift slaves or low paid wage earners who protect the flock at night. He goes on to say that it's Luke of all the gospel writers that most emphasize that Jesus had a privilege for the poor. Therefore, for Luke, salvation is a reversal of the status quo. This earlier, we see Mary's radical song stating that Jesus has come to bring down the powerful from the thrones and lift up the lowly. I love how God uses this lowly group of shifty men to be the first to hear the good news, which the angel for them and indeed for the world to know. Unlike our society, where people of good society, good homes, good education, clean, beautiful, successful, are thought to be most worthy people, Luke reminds us that for God, that is not the case. God doesn't look at our status in order to love us or use us as part of God's plan. In fact, notice that the angel says, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. The angel not only shares the message of the birth of Jesus to a group of humble people, but also tells such group that their news is a good of great joy, B and C, is indeed meant for all people. Therefore, whether one is poor or rich, beautiful or just average looking, the good news is meant for all of us. That is the good news indeed. I thank God that I've been able to experience Christmas worship in both very humble congregations and also larger, wealthier ones. Where the service had a brass ensemble of musicians and professional opera singers, or only someone playing a simple guitar, God's love was shown and felt in those places. Now let us go back to the message of the angel in verse 14, which tells us what they said that faithful night. The angels say, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Peace, 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 peace. God desired it then and still desires it today. God desires it in the world and in war-torn countries. God desires it on the not-so-beautiful streets of Santa Barbara. God desires it in the slums of India, and God desires it in the migrant shelters in Tijuana. 
This peace is for all whom God favors, scripture says. And God's favor means all whom God loves. We are therefore meant to be agents of God's peace, promoters of God's peace. When peace is our focus, we're not putting our own needs first. We're not consumed with finding comfort and wealth or prestige or popularity. Instead, the larger community around us, their best interest becomes most important and not our individual needs. Friends, I invite you today to reflect on how you can be a person of peace, a person not focused on your outward appearance or popularity or how beautiful your house looks or doesn't look this Christmas season or how intact your family is or isn't, but perhaps this last Sunday of Advent, God is inviting us to welcome the message of the angels, to realize that we don't have to be the cream of the crop like the shepherds weren't, and then to also realize just as we are, as simple as we are, whether we have education or not, whether we are rich or poor, God can use us to be agents of peace. God still needs us to help spread God's message of love. I invite you friends that this Christmas, let us do so with our families, with our congregation, in places of work and study and play, let us not worry about what we look like or what preparation we have had or don't have. Let us instead be like the shepherds who simply believed and were obedient and then allowed themselves to praise God and share that joy with others. Amen.